With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, y'all ready for me to review Monday Night Raw from Monday, August 23rd, 2021? I really don't want to be up here, man, because I thought Monday Night Raw was an absolute bore fest. But I'm going to be up here talking about the ups and downs, review and analysis. Let's get right into it. Let's hit that intro. Monday Night Raw has no care. Monday Night Raw just feels bland. It feels boring. It just doesn't feel exciting to me from a fan's point of view. The best thing about Monday Night Raw, in my opinion, is Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, and I would say Bobby Lashley. Outside of those three people, Monday Night Raw is a bore fest. You know, I find it funny that Nick Khan pretty much had an interview with Ariel Hawani. Um, you guys should definitely go check that out. It's all over social media. Uh, he mentioned that he joked about Monday Night Raw being four hours. Uh, that is not funny. That would absolutely kill the show. And I don't think anybody would be watching. But welcome back to Keep It Real 365, everybody. Uh, I would really appreciate if you guys go follow and subscribe to the podcast on all available podcast platforms. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover and follow the podcast on Instagram. We're building a great community of family over there. Follow the podcast. It is at Keep It Real 365. I would really appreciate it. Now, Monday Night Raw, like I said, it was a bore fest, but let's talk about it. I, I mean, what else is there really to talk about, really? You know, majority of the show was a down. You know, I'm going to start adding the ups and downs um, with the reviews of all wrestling shows. So I, I wanted to add that to it uh, while also reviewing and analyzing what happened. So we pretty much kicked off Monday Night Raw. With the WWE Champion Bobby Lashley as he came down to the ring with MVP to begin the show. Lashley retained after a captivating on a knee injury uh, to Bill Goldberg. Thank God Bill Goldberg is not the WWE Champion. Here on this podcast, from a fan's perspective, fuck Bill Goldberg. He does nothing and it was very uncomfortable to watch their match from SummerSlam on Saturday night. Because, quite frankly, Bill Goldberg, on many occasions, 
legitimately almost injured Bobby Lashley. But that's pretty much it for there. So, you know, it, I don't know, man. MVP noted that Goldberg has an extraordinary history in this industry, but his recent history is not so extraordinary. MVP said that Bill Goldberg looked amazing and even got a couple of two counts last night, but only succeeded in making the almighty champion more angry. MVP continued and said he boasted about Lashley beating the hell out of Bill Goldberg and claimed that he was the only man to ever stop Bill Goldberg. He joked that Bill Goldberg didn't have a leg to stand on and he is a coward because he quit at SummerSlam. Like I said, Bill Goldberg looked incredibly uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to watch from a fan's point of view. Please let me know if you guys agree with that. MVP added that Cage, Bill Goldberg's son, jumped into the ring and attacked him from behind. MVP said that Bobby Lashley would do that to anybody in this building, including a, quote, fat boy in the crowd. Lashley said that the people expecting an apology to Goldberg or his son can go to hell. Pretty good uh, promo by MVP. All of a sudden, the United States champion, the new United States champion, excuse me, that being Damian Priest. Damian Priest and Sheamus really had a great match at SummerSlam. You guys should really go check it out. So Damian Priest interrupted and made his way to the ring. Priest wasn't a fan of Lashley attacking Goldberg from behind or calling the people here cowards. Uh, Damian Priest, I was happy that Bill Goldberg got attacked by Bobby Lashley after the match at SummerSlam. So that's just my opinion there. But the promo continued as Damian Priest said he wasn't there to attack Bobby Lashley from behind. He was here to challenge him to a match. Why are you here to challenge a Bobby Lashley to a match where both men can't lose? Why does WWE put themselves in these curious positions? I really don't understand it. So Damien Priest added that if Lashley doesn't accept the challenge, he's the coward. Bobby Lashley got upset. He got angry. He took his suit off and attacked Priest. But Damien Priest uh, battled back and knocked out the WWE champion out of the ring. MVP then grabbed the microphone and said that Lashley was going to get his, you know, rematch and get his match and he was going to go get his ring attire and then the match will be happening ladies and gentlemen this match was totally unnecessary this segment does get an up for me i thought the segment was pretty good pretty good segment but that does not turn from the negative that i have which is a down regarding Bobby Lashley versus Damian Priest. I don't know why this match is happening. This makes no sense to me. We have two champions, two champions that cannot afford a loss. WWE really loves putting themselves in these type of situations, and I don't understand why. This makes absolutely no sense. So, after the promo segment, we've seen an appearance 
Uh, when Monday Night Raw came from break, we see Priest and Lashley locked up in the middle of the ring. Bobby Lashley slammed Priest to the canvas and then beat him down in the corner of the ring. Lashley then connected with a form to the face and then slammed him down to the canvas. After that, Damian Priest battled back, but Sheamus then rushed in the ring. Sheamus attacked Priest to end the match as the match ended via a DQ. Then why have the fucking match it was, if it was going to end in a DQ? Why book the match, period? I don't understand WWE's creativity. I really don't. Why would you book a match that you know both men cannot lose in, and then you have it in via a disqualification, just to ultimately book a tag team match? WWE really pisses me off from a creative perspective. And this is why I call myself the creative king. Because I would not do something like this. There's no way I would do this. All I would have is a promo interaction between Damian Priest and Bobby Lashley. That is about it. Have Damian Priest challenge Bobby Lashley for the title. Damian Priest thinks he's ready for that opportunity. And then tease it and tease it. and te- That's all you have to do. WWE didn't do that. So when Raw returned, we see Sheamus and Lashley battle Drew McIntyre as he came out as well. And Damian Priest in a tag team match. So towards the end of this match here, it was pretty decent for what it was. I will give them credit. Decent match. So we've seen Sheamus tag in and once again got Priest into a submission. Damian Priest escaped and Drew McIntyre then tagged in. Lashley tagged in as well. And the WWE Champion charged at Drew McIntyre in the corner. Drew McIntyre got out of the way. And Bobby Lashley crashed in the ring post. Sheamus then abruptly tagged in. And battled with Drew on the top rope. Sheamus connected with a white noise off the top rope. For a near fall. Pretty good near fall by Sheamus. Damian Priest then came in and tagged himself in. And booted Sheamus in the face. Damian Priest followed it up with the leg lariat and knocked Bobby Lashley out of the ring. This got pretty hectic towards the end, man. It was pretty good for what it was. Uh, so we've seen Damian Priest got distracted. I hate when they have champions get distracted. It doesn't make sense. So Damian Priest ultimately got distracted with Lashley and Sheamus caught him with a high knee to the face. The WWE champion Bobby Lashley and MVP left Sheamus behind as they left the ring. And made their way up the entrance ramp. Drew McIntyre tagged in and leveled Sheamus with the Claymore for the 1-2-3 and the W. Like I said, this match was pretty decent. That's all you guys are getting from me. Now, next up, we've seen a promo segment with Do-Drop. Don't drop the pounds, Piper Niven. That's what management is telling Piper Nevin with that name. So we see Dodrop was interviewed backstage and explained why she turned her back on Eva Marie at SummerSlam. Dodrop said she was tired of getting talked down, but liked the name Dodrop. Uh, Piper Niven, sweetheart. I'm sorry. I don't like that name. I think that name is disgusting. But it is what it is. You like it? God bless you. She said she was going to do drop 
Eva Marie next time she sees her. Oh, I get it. Doe drop. That's disgusting. All of a sudden, the beautiful, magnificent Eva Marie then attacked Doe drop from behind and then beat her down. So it looks like we are getting a feud between Doe drop and Eva Marie. I got to admit to you guys right now, I kind of like this. I know, I know. I like something with Eva Marie. Hold up. Let me explain. Eva Marie attacking Doe Drop was the best thing that ever happened to Doe Drop. Doe Drop is going to get over by the fans because people really despise Eva Marie. She sucks in the ring. She proved that at SummerSlam. She's awful. She's great to look at. But Eva Marie sucks. They got to get her out of the ring. Make her a manager. Whatever you got to do. But this feud, I don't mind it. Because ultimately, all the heat that Eva Marie has is going to come off a dough drop. And dough drop is going to be better off for it. She's going to be a baby face. Versus a massive heel. That being Eva Marie. So I don't really mind this. I really don't. I know people are probably thinking I'm crazy. But that's just my opinion. Next up. We had Karrion Cross go one-on-one with Ricochet. <sighs> let, me, let me try to understand this real quick. Check this out. Check this out. You guys know I'm always honest. I speak my mind no matter if, if everybody disagrees or agrees with me. We all have different opinions on the professional wrestling you know, product. Karrion Cross looks absolutely fucking... Karrion <laughs> Cross looks absolutely fucking ridiculous, bro. What was he wearing? Yo. Oh, man. He looks awful. He looks like a joke. But Karrion Cross won tonight, though. You should be happy about that. It's probably what you guys are thinking, right? No. Karen Cross has been losing over the past couple of weeks. At the same time, though, don't get it twisted. Karen Cross has been winning some matches. But Karen Cross, just last night, he lost the NXT Championship. As expected, yes. But. His ring gear tonight. You cannot justify what the fuck that man was wearing. He looked like a gladiator tonight. And if memory serves me correct, I remember someone on commentary mentioned that Karrion Cross looks like a gladiator. That's what they dressed him up as tonight. He looked awful. Don't justify this shit. This man looked fucking embarrassing. Real talk. Now, he beat Ricochet. He beat Ricochet via a cross jacket submission. But, man. Scarlet. Where is Scarlet? 
I miss Scarlet. You miss Scarlet. We all miss Scarlet. Scarlet was just actually tweeting uh, pretty much, do you miss me? Yeah, we miss you. Bad. Where are you at? Are you hurt? Did you and Cross get a divorce? What happened? We are very concerned. You need to be on the side of your man. Karrion Cross needs Scarlet desperately. It's my thoughts on that. Now, next up, we've seen The Miz and John Morrison. As John Morrison welcomed Logan Paul on an episode of Moist TV. When I tell you Logan Paul got heel heat, he did not get heel heat for all the right reasons. Y'all, they wanted this motherfucker out of here. I wanted him up out of here. What does Logan Paul have to do with the WWE? Can someone in management explain that to me, please? That was awful. Oh, by the way, Karrion Cross versus Ricochet gets it down. I completely forgot about that. That gets it down. That was trash. Ricochet is buried. Carrying Cross looks fucking ridiculous. And go get your girl because you need her bad. All right, there you go. I am done. I know you guys are probably thinking that was annoying, but I want to uh, kind of add little twinks into my reviews, the up and down stuff. But either way, next up, like I said, Miz and John Morrison. Logan Paul genuinely got heel heat for all the wrong reasons. So he was on an episode of Moist TV. The crowd booed the hell out of Logan Paul for extenuous amount of time throughout the segment. Logan told the fans um, that he loves them. He loves the WWE and he knows the fans do not love him yet. Logan Paul, are you teasing an appearance in the WWE? As a WWE superstar, that you want to get that off your bucket list, please don't come to the WWE. Nobody clearly wants you. So Morrison noted how the Paul brothers have been doing well in boxing, in the boxing business, and wondered what was next. Logan began to speak, and the booze immediately started coming through. And it rained down so loud that he hesitated. He got shook. Logan Paul looked like he had been shook for the coarse amount of booze that was raining upon him. So the Miz then interrupted and said that John forgot to introduce him. The Miz claimed that he was Logan Paul's favorite superstar. But Logan said he was more of a New Day fan. The Miz tried to save the segment and asked Logan, which round of his brother will be getting knocked out? And the fans then immediately, of course, popped because people say, fuck Jake Paul. They don't like Jake Paul. I don't think anybody really likes Jake Paul. But this motherfucker is knocking people out. I'm going to be watching that 
Tyron Rugley, and Jake Paul match. You could bet your ass just for the entertainment value alone. So there you go. So Logan got mad and got in Miz's face as Morrison suggested that everyone would like to see Logan knock out the Miz. What a shot there from Morrison to Miz. The Miz claimed that Moist TV was giving Morrison out of kindness of his heart and he is trying to help him get views. Logan excited uh, the ring after saying he was going to let Miz and Morrison do their own thing. Morrison told Miz that he made this entire interview about himself and Miz bitched and complained about some of the water things Morrison has been doing lately. The continued argument until Xavier Woods made his way to the ring. The Miz then battled Woods in a singles match. Yeah, man, this was ridiculous. This was absolutely stupid. I don't give a fuck what happened with Xavier Woods and the Miz. This this entire segment gets a fucking down. This was awful. But this segment also gets a positive. Weird, right? Let me explain. Nobody cares about Moist TV. No one cares about Logan Paul. Everybody is tired of the interaction between Miz and John Morrison. They had to pull the trigger eventually. Who's turning on who? And we got that with the Miz turning on John Morrison. Man, if this was for an IC title or US title feud, this would be really, really great stuff. This needs to be for a mid-car championship, but at the same time, this is a personal feud. You have a lot of story that you can tell here, and it looks like we're getting Miz and John Morrison pretty much at Extreme Rules, which is the next pay-per-view lined up. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, like I said, it is what it is. The segment was boring. We got a turn from the Miz I liked. Everybody hates Logan Paul. That's pretty much it. Next matchup, we had Mansoor go one-on-one with Jinda Mahal. Another boring match I don't care for. Mansoor ultimately defeated Jinder Mahal via another disqualification. What is up with the disqualification stuff in WWE? Wow, man, it's crazy. They just, they love it. And I don't understand why. This was pointless. This did nothing for me whatsoever. So towards the end of the match, we see Jinder stomp on uh, Mansoor in the corner of the ring. And the referee stopped the match because he wouldn't stop after a five count. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's how the match ended at a DQ. Go figure. Mustafa Ali ultimately appeared and was disappointed in Mansoor after the match. So we're looking like we're getting some friction or tough love from Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. I've said it before. They would be a perfect tag team to be competing in the tag team division. Let me know if you guys agree with that. Next up, a promo segment with the queen, Charlotte Flair. All I'm going to say is it's not a matter with how many championships you win. It's what you do in those title reigns that are ultimately going to count the most. Charlotte Flair. 
You're overrated. And I say you're overrated because of the way you're presented to us fans. You're not the greatest. Cut it out with that. You are always being pushed. The four horsewomen are always being pushed. Fuck the future, Vince McMahon is saying. Nikki Cross is a complete waste of time. Complete waste of time. She won the money in the bank to ultimately win the title for a little decent run with it. She didn't do jack shit with that championship. Congratulations that she's been champion, but that's over now. I'm happy that Charlotte Flair is champion, but at the same time, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Charlotte Flair winning this championship really does nothing. And again, we're going to see the same people. Rhea Ripley, Nikki Cross. Who else do they have? Where is Asuka? We don't know. But Charlotte Flair came down to the ring and vowed to hold the Raw Women's Championship for as long as she can. Yeah, at this point, Charlotte Flair needs to hold the title for the rest of the year. I'm going to say that right now. You heard it here. She needs to hold that title for the rest of the year. You're, you're already in August. Okay? You got to do something with that title to make it somewhat prestigious. So Charlotte Flair claimed that she doesn't need no fans, family, or the WWE Universe. Aren't the fans in the WWE Universe the same thing? What the fuck was that comment? So... After she said all that, Flair added that she has all that she needs right here in the Raw Women's Division with the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte bragged about her check bonus. Of course she did. No one cares about how much money you're making, sweetheart. We only care about the way you are being pushed. And you've been pushed like shit. The Women's Division has been pushed like shit. So... Like I said, she bragged about her check bonuses, body frame, uh, before claiming she is starting a new women's revolution. Okay, Charlotte, sure you are. <laughs> the fuck out of here. Charlotte ended a promo by saying, quote, long live the queen. Yeah, that's what Vince McMahon's probably saying. All of a sudden, Alexa Bliss interrupted by holding Lily and said hello and stared at Charlotte Flair to end the segment. Uh, who pitched this? Who pitched this on the podcast multiple times? Who pitched it on Twitter? I did. I said, it looks like we're going to get Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss coming up next. That is exactly what we're getting. So that's why I am the king of this stuff. It's cocky, yeah, but I'm confident. I'm really creative. I just am. And I like it. Do I like this feud? I got to say, yeah, because it's the only feud, isn't it? It's the only new feud that we're getting. So I do like it. Here's the problem. I swear to God, if the WWE gave Charlotte Flair the championship to just pet another statistic to just have Alexa Bliss beat her, I'm going off. Trust me, best believe. This promo segment didn't do anything. All it did was boast, did Charlotte Flair about her accomplishments and her money. That's all this did. Seeing Alexa Bliss, she's popular. 
She is very popular with this Lily character. And I'm sorry to say, when I see Alexa Bliss, I think of Bray Wyatt. Simple. I will say this. This segment was, was good for what it was. Alrighty. Next up, we got Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash as they picked up the W against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I don't give a shit. I don't care about Rhea Ripley anymore. Nikki Ash, don't care. Nia Jax, I don't care. Shayna Baszler, I don't care. I don't care about any of these women. This match was boring. This match did nothing for me at all. I'm going to move on. The women's division is absolutely trash. You have some great women in the division. The problem is the booking has been terrible. Fix the booking, please. I'm telling you, when you fix the creative process, everything else is going to fall in line. Trust me on that. Next up. We had Matt Riddle go one-on-one with AJ Styles as Matt Riddle ultimately defeated AJ Styles. This was a good match. Good match between Styles and Riddle. Towards the end of the match here, we see Riddle hit AJ with the knee to the face. And both men uh, fell to the canvas. Orton fired up the crowd as Riddle made his way to the top rope. Omos then approached Riddle and distracted him. AJ caught Riddle with a cheap shot and Orton charged at Omos. The big man launched Orton to the floor with ease as Styles hit a burning hammer for a two count. Pretty close two count there. Orton attacked Almas with the scooter that Riddle gifted him and beat the hell out of him with it, which looked pretty impressive. Pretty funny at the same time. Styles was distracted and Riddle capitalized with the knee to the face. Pretty much a knee strike. Riddle planted Styles with a bro Derek for the one, two, three. This was a good match. I really enjoyed it. Good stuff there from Styles and Riddle. It really looks like management is really pushing Riddle, and I gotta love it because I'm a big fan of Matt Riddle. AJ Styles, you gotta get him away from Almas. It's just my opinion on it. That's it. Uh, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are the best thing on Monday Night Raw. Don't get it twisted. They are better on Raw and... Um, yeah, it's crazy. So those are my thoughts on that. And um, that's the main event, ladies and gentlemen. That is your Monday Night Raw review. I hope you guys enjoyed. At the end of the day, there was more downs than ups. So tonight on this episode of Raw, it gets a down. Do better, WWE. The draft is coming up, which is great. Hopefully we can see Monday Night Raw get some new fresh blood. We didn't see NXT call-ups tonight, which was very interesting. We got the draft. We might see some NXT call-ups from there. That's all I got for you guys today. I am the Creative King, and um, I will see you guys next time. I will not be doing NXT. I want to get that out right now. I will not be doing NXT reviews until I see the changes that Nick Khan is going to be implementing. I almost said the other Khan. I did. That's why I paused. I apologize. Until we see the changes that Nick Khan is going to implement with NXT, I'm not doing the review. So at the end of the day, I will see you guys on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. CM Punk.
the best in the world. It's going to be appearing, and we'll be right here covering it. Make sure you guys go tap in, subscribe, and follow to keep it real 365. I appreciate all the love and support, and I will catch you guys on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite.